This is Undiet Your Life, and I'm your host, Delphine Pena. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. This is Undiet Your Life, episode number eight. Number eight already. Can you believe it? It's been two months. Time flies. Yeah, time flies. Guess what is on here in Miami? Spring break. Oh, boy. I'd like to say that I'm happy about that, but I'm not going to lie. No, I'm not. Spring break is not a pretty sight here in Miami. Um, For us Miamians who live here year-round, that means that for the next month or so, we are going to suffer through the drunkness, the silliness, and all kinds of stupid behaviors. So my guest and I today are actually hiding, literally, we're hiding in my bedroom. I kid you not. I'm Delphine Pena. For those of you who don't know me, I am a body image and eating behavior coach. And what that means in plain English is that I help women and men on occasion. I do have men reaching out to me. I help them break free from the whole diet um, culture, diet-obsessed culture we live in, the whole diet talk, diet mentality, counting calories, uh, restricting, over-exercising, obsessing over food, obsessing over your body, obsessing over what you ate last night, what you are going to eat for lunch, what you can eat, what you can't eat, how much weight you could possibly lose on this plane or that plane within the next... Oh my God, just talking about it, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And can I tell you, I exhausted myself for 18 years being part of the the shenanigans. Um, Yeah, I recovered 13 years ago from an eating disorder. Let's call it what it was. It was an eating disorder. I was obsessed totally obsessed with dieting, losing weight, um, my body. It was never enough. I could lose 25 pounds, gain it back, lose it again, gain it back. It was, I was just never happy until I had enough. I had enough. I quit the whole thing and my God, what a beautiful thing. Best decision of my life after marrying my husband. Okay, let me clarify this. Best decision of my life was to marry my husband. Second best decision of my life was to quit dieting. Freedom, my friends. Freedom and happiness. And now I'm helping other people do the same. Um, Let go. Let go of the little wheels and not be completely freaked out and just embrace. Embrace the the diet-free lifestyle. And that is the reason for this podcast, because I totally understand how daunting that can be and how frightening that can be when you've been controlling uh, everything for so many years. So one way to begin, if you're interesting, interested, I'm sorry, interested, I'm sure you are interesting, by the way, but if you're interested in doing that, well, just join me every Monday. Listen to this podcast and you're definitely in the right place, you know, because that's no way to live. That's that's just no way to live. 
uh, restricting all the time, obsessing over food, that's no way to live. I think there are much, much better things to do. And my guest today probably could not agree more. I'm, I'm here sitting with Megan, wonderful, wonderful, beautiful young woman. I met actually uh, about two, three weeks ago on a photo shoot with my husband. She is a fitness coach. She's a personal trainer. And we decided, oh, no, 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 we got to get together. And we need to, we need to, we need to record a podcast about this because this is way too important. Because you know what? Not a lot of people in the fitness industry are willing to talk about this. Um, It's kind of the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. Body image issues and eating disorders in the fitness industry. Yep, you heard that right. Um, They're very common. You would think that fitness professionals being these um, super healthy, super fit people have to have their shit together, right? Well, some of them do. Some of them, a lot of them do. But you'd be amazed, actually, at the amount of women and men who secretly, and sometimes not so secretly, to me, they're very obvious because now I spot them, um, you know, really have a problem with food and really have a problem with their body image. And you can call it clean eating, healthy eating. It's still code for dieting. And it's a very, very, very sad situation um, because it's very hard for fitness professionals to get out of it because there, there's so much pressure on them. So I am um, going to let Megan now tell us a little bit more about her own um, story because um, I think she's the perfect example. Megan, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. No, I really appreciate <laughs> you sharing your story. I know it's not easy. It's not easy because uh, as a fitness professional, you're trying to maintain a certain uh, reputation, a certain image. And for you to come forward and say, yep, I struggled with an eating disorder. I struggled with body image issues for years. Uh, and I'm not afraid to come forward and say, I'm not the only one. It's actually very common. You're kind of taking a risk here. In doing so, because exposing you're exposing, <laughs> you're exposing everybody. Okay, oh gosh, here we are with the conspiracy theories. Um, but it's true, it's true. It's 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 not something that may that that's going to make you popular. But then again, I don't think this podcast really is meant to uh, to uh, be politically correct or popular. I'm 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 kind of here to. Uh, well, no, of course, I want to be nice to people and I, and I want to be popular. Come on, I want to have friends. But I'm, I'm, I'm also here to talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about. So because the conversations need to happen. So uh, I, I really appreciate you taking that risk and coming out and saying, um, yeah, let's talk about that. So how, how bad would you say it is? Huh. Well, uh, I was... When I first got involved in fitness, um, I got a personal training degree or an exercise science degree and after right out of college, in college, and then got a personal training certification and uh, was working on Gold's Gym. And from there, I got into like training for a, 
a figure competition. So back in the day, it was just fitness, and they would have the routines, and then you would put the bikini on, and you would get judged on what you look like with your little poses, showing your muscles and stuff. Uh, and then later they had it where they took the fitness routines out and it was just like, okay, get in your little bikini and, and do your poses and show off your body and you know how hard you've been working. Oh so, my God. So you were even more objectified. Oh my God. Crazy. You they, know? <laughs> they, they, they completely took the, the, the fitness out of it and it was all about the body and the image, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Oh Jesus. But you know, like throwing that out there, it's all, it's all an opinion you know, it's dependent on who's judging you on what you look like and if you're too too lean or too muscular or you know not muscular enough or your symmetry's off like so who's in the jury let me i'm curious about that the, the jury the people that are judging you are they mostly men or women or a healthy mix of both it, it's a mix of both and it just depends on like the show you're at and the federation and um i actually after doing it for uh, competing for a year and a half earned my pro card, so won some shows, earned my professional status, and was able to come on to the panel as a judge. So so you do have like former competitors and coaches and stuff on there. So and what I did realize though, it's like I said, it, it is does depend on the coaches and the judges background where they're coming from. So I was coming from like a, a figure um, background, so not as muscular and figures crazy. So when they added figure in it was like you have the first, the original days were like bodybuilding. It's like, okay, get as lean and muscular and bulging muscles and striations as you can. And then they're like, okay, let's do something not as hard, a little more delicate for women. Right, right. But not too delicate. So it's not a swimsuit competition, but we want to show that you work out and you're athletic. So I remember being on the judges panel and they're like, okay, we're looking for like a sprinter or a gymnast body. So, you know, you want to have the rounded delts and then the V taper, and then the quad sweep, but you can't be too muscular and striated, but you know, like you, you can't be, you can't show too much striation, but you can't be too soft. So with you, when you had judges on the panel, if you had more bodybuilding judges, then they went more towards the like leaner, almost striated, right. where if you had more bikini kind of people, they're like, oh no, you're too hard. You're too like, so. so, so, okay. So what the contestants, what do they get out of it? Like, do you actually compete for money? Do you, how does that, how does that work? So in the lower divisions, like the amateur divisions, um, it's almost kind of like signing up for a 5k race. You know, you do it, like you win some medals if you place high enough and, um, you know, like awesome. You did good job and you were able to come to the show and present your package properly. Um, and then when you qualify for your like national shows, mm -hmm. um, or international, if you're doing that, then that's where you can like start to win some money, like in your pro show. So if you, right. once you become like a pro, then you go and try to win some money. So like I did a couple pro shows and won those and you, you win some money depending on how big the show is, how much money, like, like Olympia is like right. a huge one or like the Arnold competitions and you can win lots of money. Are, are there people that actually make a living out of it? So more of the living is made, like more of the money is going to come from like sponsorships. Okay. So like you're not going to get rich off of winning 20, you know, $2,000 at a show. But <laughs> Especially okay. when you put in Instinctively, <laughs> and, and I may be wrong and what I'm about to ask you may, may sound a little bit um, judgmental and I apologize if it does. Part of me feels like, first of all, it must be so selective because there's, there's only 
so many people that can actually make money out of it. Yeah. And yet there are a lot of people competing. Yeah. So part of me kind of feels like I don't know that it's really about the money. I don't know that they're really going after the money. Is it not a little bit more about the ego and about showing off the bodies and getting a kick out of going on a stage and saying... Validation. It's validation. Validation. Right? I know when I did my first show... Um, I was actually kind of relieved that they had this figure division instead of fitness. I have a gymnastics background, so when I first started training, I was like, oh, okay, cool, I'll be able to do a fitness routine, and then the bikini portion, um, and then they had it where you could just do the bikini portion, and I was very self-conscious, very shy, so the the thought of like having to do a routine in front of people, I was like right. terrified. Right. More so with the bikini, but I was like, okay, at least that's one thing I don't have to do, and I can just you know, just do the bikini portion. If I get, once I'm confident with that, then I'll do fitness and I'll be able to do a routine. Uh, my first show, the goal was actually get on stage without wetting my pants. So, oh my God, <laughs> because I was just mortified of being in front of people in a, like barely anything, tiny bikini and being judged. Um, but there, there are positive things from that. So after the, you know, couple two or three times of doing that I felt more confident like because it's great to be working out hard in the gym and being able to lift more weights and getting stronger and like knowing that you're improving in your fitness and your body's changing and you're like oh this is great and I want to go show it off and so for the the sport of bodybuilding and figure the way you show it off is just getting on stage and doing your poses it's not like you go to a competition and you you hit balls and like right, you know like, right. it's not like that's the sport of it so it's a little it's a little different so it is getting up there and and posing so it is your way of saying like look how hard I've worked you can't really see what I've done but you can see the result of it but um, let's talk about that what you just said look how hard I've worked yeah how tough is it on you like the preparation the dieting the the the, the actual workouts like what does that even look like yeah <laughs> um well, I've always loved working out. I come from a gymnastics background, like I said, uh, and I just really loved the strength and conditioning part. So for me, that's like that was something that I was passionate about, and that was exciting for me. Like like someone who loves running, you know, right, like right. I love you get it. You gym. get a high from it. I get almost. a high from it. Okay. Again, helped with my confidence since I you know came from a low self esteem, very shy. Um, helped with that women empowerment and feeling strong, and so. You know, like an hour, two hours in the gym, five days a week, you know, throw in some cardio. And then we all know that the hard part is the dieting. Yep. <laughs> you know, and especially I came from having an eating disorder when I was younger, uh, bulimia with anorexic tendencies and overexercising. So when I actually, I felt like I was good through college, like didn't have any stress of, like what like I had great friends I was dating my, who's now my husband at the time didn't feel any pressure of trying to like fit in or look a certain way as I did when I was younger so I felt like my eating disorder was you know like I didn't really dealing with it I'm mm-hmm. like oh it's kind of mm-hmm. gone it's good I don't have it anymore but then when I got into competing it it, it oh, was like playing with it, fire it showed as ugly yeah. yeah so it was crazy because I started like dieting and was and I worked with a coach first but then I was able to figure it out on my own and like back and use an Excel spreadsheet back before we had like 
you know, my fitness pals and put all your food in. Right, right. I did my Excel spreadsheets and would look up the calories and calculate how many carbs I needed and how much protein and, you know, the, the control of like, okay, I can only eat this or, oh, I need a little bit more of this. And I was good during the, the, the weeks leading up to it. Like, I mean, if you said, okay, you don't get any cheats for 12 weeks, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. I got it. Cause I've got my own little system right. worked out. Um, where I got in trouble was after the shows. Like I get down like after, you know, 10 weeks of dieting down to the show, presenting the show. And when you go into a show that last week, you, you're getting super lean, dehydrating out, like doing extra cardio, getting all the water out of your muscles and then filling up your muscles with glycogen. And it's, it's a state that you get to that you can really only hold for like a day or two. Okay. So it's not something that, you know, like is a realistic state. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned that. (laughs) And maybe we need to, to take a very, very quick break because, um, I'm I'm pretty sure that we have people listening to this who came to this podcast in hopes of finding information that's going to help them on their way out of yeah. the struggle. I I I I could I could bet that I have women listening to this podcast weekly because they saw something called undiet your life and guess what their life is all about dieting and they don't know how to stop and they're like let me listen let me listen to this girl because I don't know what else to do. So I usually give a little disclaimer that if there's anything in that podcast that is too triggering uh, and they feel like they need to step away and stop listening, I totally get it. I'm, I'm not going to hold any hard feelings. Um, so if, if now is a time for you, my darling, to step away, put this down and be like, Mm-mm, this is too much too much about dieting, restricting, whatever, not good for me. I get it. I totally get it. Um, However, I feel that this is actually the perfect, perfect episode for anyone who is still somewhat hanging on to the hopes that dieting, restricting, controlling their bodies is going to be the way to self-acceptance, then you need to listen to this girl. Not only do you need to continue listening to me on Mondays because I cannot, I, I don't know how else to make you understand. It's not. You can, you can keep on dieting all you want. It's not going to make you accept yourself. It's not going to make you accept your body. I tried that for 18 years. I um, got very underweight. I got very overweight one way or the other. I still hated my body. So it's not the way. And now Megan is here sitting next to me and she just said a few things that are so, so important. This level of restriction is not sustainable. That's one. You can only sustain it for a couple of days and then it's going to come back and kick you in the teeth like you've got no idea. So you really, really, really need to listen to this part. And we're going to get to it in, into more details in just a second. That level of control, the weighing, the portioning, the it's insanity. You have no life. And for what? For a minute of gratification on a stage, and you're going to pay the consequences for years and years and years after that. It's not worth it, my beauties. So even if you're not a figure com- competitor, right? But if you're a woman out there who is constantly um, scrutinizing everything she eats 
every little bit of food she puts in her mouth because she is trying to reach a certain physical ideal. Let me tell you, baby girl, this is not the right way. And um, please don't take this casually. Don't think that diet, one, and anyone out there who's telling you that dieting is actually healthy is an asshole. No, it's not. It has terrible consequences on your health. There's nothing remotely healthy about dieting unless you have an alarming level of diabetes or cholesterol and your doctor is putting you on a diet for medical reasons, dieting is actually going to hurt your health. And I, for one, know that for a fact. I ended up with so many health issues um, that for me, it was a matter of saving my life. Going off diets was a matter of saving my life. And Meg right now sitting next to me is about to give us a little bit more detail about how she went down spiral with the whole thing. It's no joke. It's no joke. You're not going, what you're trying to do by dieting is you're not just trying to fit into your size zero jeans. What you're trying to do is you're trying to be able to stand in that mirror, in front of that mirror, and be able to look at yourself and say, I really like what I'm I'm seeing. This has absolutely nothing to do with how much you weigh or even with your size. Believe me, it has to do with the deep work that you need to do with yourself. And dieting is only going to screw you over and make you hate yourself even more. All right, so I know I got a little intense here. I'm going to calm down now. (laughs) But I feel so strongly because I work with women in my practice and I see it time and time and time and time over. And there is this huge misconception. It's the snake that bites its own tail that maybe if I diet enough and if I get my body to be a certain shape or a certain weight, then I will love myself. No, you won't, my darling. No, you won't because it's never enough. And then you reach that weight and guess what? Um, There's going to be another trend. Now it's the bubble butt. And then next thing you know, it's going to be something else. So um, you had an, an eating disorder starting in college and it's interesting because high you school. F- high school <laughs> jesus <laughs> high school <laughs> yeah so same age same age yeah. i started I, 14 years old i started dieting and yep. you felt like you had it under control right yeah. um but really that's the same thing i did what yeah. what you and i did is we just pushed it under the rug really yeah. and the minute you went back to restriction which is the number one trigger for uh, eating disorders in general and binging in particular, binging and bulimia. The minute you went back to restriction, guess what? It came back with a vengeance. So when you started competing, then you're left with this hot potato, right? And and you're here juggling with it. So what happened then? So like I said, it really was like a battle after the competition that when the highs coming down I actually wrote a, a article years ago and it was like coming down from the winner's high because it was like like I said leading up to it I was good I was in in control yeah and I actually being a trainer and like doing my research and coming from a knee disorder mm-hmm. um did my dieting healthy and that's why I actually did my own diets and I worked with a few girls on a competition team because a lot of diets out there during this time would be like okay you're gonna have you know a piece of tilapia and five spears of asparagus and this and like you're gonna eat that every single day and rotate it out and I was like that's not healthy and and you're only getting a thousand calories that's not good so 
I actually figured out what my body needed and was getting enough calories and was able to manipulate it with stuff I'd learned in school with, you know, like all the scientific stuff and carb cycling to what, figure out what energy I needed and, and lean down in a safe manner where my body wouldn't rebound, where I had friends in the whole circuit who would restrict, do a thousand calories or 1200 calories from these other coaches that would give them diets. Mm -hmm eat that daily, work, work out cardio, an hour cardio in the morning, an hour cardio at night, strength training, and like just be puttering out. Like, and by the time they got done with the shows, yeah, they might look lean. Their energy was dead. Their adrenals were crashed. Their hormones were jacked up. And then by the time that the show was over, they would come back, start eating just normal, not a lot, but everything was so out of balance, they would just blow up, you know, like physically, emotionally, yeah. whatever. So, Major water retention. Yeah. yeah nobody talks about that, no. but nobody talks about that. But when you oh, come fat down. burners, throw those in oh, there. Oh, love. Like, yeah, you come down from from intense dieting. This, and this is also something that uh, people need to be aware of when you when you go in recovery from yeah. eating disorders. Nobody ever warns you you're going to go through a little bit of that. There's some weight gain yeah. uh, involved. And it's not actually weight gain as much as it is uh, mostly water retention. There's this major inflammation uh, reaction from the body, which is normal. Yeah. It's temporary. But it's normal. But it's it's hard. It's yeah. really really hard to work through it. I went through it. Every almost everyone I've worked with goes through it at some point, and it's it's terrifying. All of a sudden, you're like, "What is going on? I'm yeah. I'm like a blowfish." Yeah. So. And mine, the battle was, like that last week when, I, like I said, you you dehydrate, like lean out, and you get into that show ready, and and I was winning show, so like I'm getting on stage, and they're like. This is exactly what we're looking for. This is the perfect body, you know, like awesome. You've chiseled your muscles. You look great. And then that next week when I would come back and just start eating normal, not monitor my calories because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm good. And I filled out with a little bit of water and my carbs are coming in. So my muscles are full. It was that trigger of looking in the mirror and going, oh, my God, I'm not as lean as I was the week before right. on a show. Right. Which, like we said, that's not sustainable for multiple days. What are people going to say about me? They're going to say, oh, my God, she's overeating. Oh, look, she won the show, and now she's, like, getting fat because she's, you know, not getting ready for a show. Like, that's the battle that started going in my head. And so then it would be like, oh, my God, like, going back to normal eating, I just ate too much. I'm going to throw up, you know? Like, so it's like I had to get – I went back to that binge and purge cycling thing because I, you know, I'm like, I'm not dieting. I'm not restricting. I'm not counting stuff. And weighing and measuring, I don't have a goal for a show, and I'm free, but I wasn't able to be in a good place and and be okay with just eating normal. So, like, I would get in that emotional, like, ah, I'm going to get fat. My clients at the gym are going to be like, oh, my God, look at my trainer. She got fat after a show. And, you know, and so then the binging came back until I would sign up for a show. And then I'd be like, oh, cool. Got 12 weeks to diet. I'm going to just start monitoring my stuff. I've got a goal, and I'm good, and I'm okay. But it was like that in-between of where everyone would be like, oh, no, you look great. You look great. Like, But in my head, I'm like, I'm not as lean as I was the day of the so, show. So what you just described actually is one of the, the big, big, big obstacles I run into with uh, people who reach out to me and, and, and want – in, they know, like intellectually, they understand they need to quit. Yeah. But it's so hard for them because they're also addicted to what I call the Monday morning phenomena 
<laughs> where they, they, they know they always have Monday to fall back on. Yeah. And there's this idea that, well, I can always go back to dieting. I can always lose the weight. There's always Monday. There's always New Year, New Year's Day. There's always and when you when you choose to quit this whole this whole madness, really, there's no more Monday morning. There's no more New Year's Day. There's no more. Yeah. Um, you can't diet yourself away. You're gonna have to actually sit with your your reality with your circumstances and say this is this is what it is and this is who I am and um nope. I can't just go back to dieting to try and erase everything that I can't accept about myself and that makes me so uncomfortable. And you really have to consider how badly are you addicted to this whole um, idea of reinventing yourself through dieting and manipulating your body because it's a big factor, I think, in it. Now, for you in particular and for fitness trainers in general, there's the pressure of looking the part, looking the job. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I mean, like you said, this is my business card. So, (laughs) you know, in my head, it's like, okay, I got to look a certain way. I've got to be able to be on top and like, you can't let, you know, the food get out of control and like, this is how you have to look. And it, it came to finally realizing like, okay, I, I don't have to look perfect, you know, and in, in that industry, you get pressured to, to look perfect. Like I said, look like that trophy that you're going to win, that perfectly sculptured, perfect, symmetrical and sculpted, you know, trophy. Um, you get pressured by whom? <laughs> well, yourself. Yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But it, it's, and it's thinking, I have all these outside eyes on me, like looking like, oh, well. So that's what's interesting because once you start really speaking up and everybody, you know, you start a conversation with other trainers and you realize, wait a minute, we all feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really no one else is pressuring you than yourself. And at the end of the day, it's really about the performance and what you can do physically. And that's really what your client, some of them, yeah, some people are hooked up on the looks and they're like, well, if you don't look the part, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to hire you. But at the end of the day, it's really about the performance and yeah. how uh, skilled you are at getting somebody um, in, in better shape or improve their mobility or whatever so their that's reason. that's where the transition came for me. Like, it's finding that self-worth and being able to say, okay, my value is not just what I look like, you know. And, like, I started CrossFit. I found CrossFit. Um, I'd been competing in figure and training at um, a regular, like, a Gold's Gym for about three years, and I started doing a CrossFit. I was teaching boot camps on the side, and I found CrossFit, a CrossFit gym opened up right down the street, and it was kind of like, I tell people, like, boot camp with toys. So I was like, oh, this is fun, because I loved the boot camp aspect. I used to do it when I lived back in Atlanta with all my competitive girls, and they would, I did, like, a free one. Everybody bring their, their family and their people from work, and it was just a bunch of us working out, and, like, no nonsense, no judgments, just having fun and getting in shape. And we loved it. Great little community. So when I found CrossFit, it was like that. And so I was drawn to that. And the great thing about CrossFit, it was like, it didn't matter what you looked like, you know, like people, all ages, all shapes and sizes, wearing whatever, you know, like not, not like your particular gym where you go in there and it's air conditioned and people can have makeup on and they're pretty little outfits and whatever it's like 
you're getting down and dirty. So like we would do in the, the park at, in Atlanta, the boot camps, just getting down and dirty and sweaty and nasty and nobody cares. That's how it was in CrossFit. It was like, cool, we're all just gonna sweat together and, and get stronger together and push each other and it's exciting. And it became more of like, okay, cool, what's, what's the goal in this workout? The goal is, okay, doing five more push-ups in this workout or lifting 10 more pounds on my deadlift, which is, was the stuff that I was doing in the gym training for a competition but in the competition it was still like what do you look like the the focus was aesthetics so when I trained in the boot camps and the crossfit the results aesthetics looked improved but the focus wasn't ever that so like we talked about being on stage in a figure competition the aesthetics and it's a judgment like uh it's subjective Oh, mm-hmm. you're 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 too you're too thin, or you're too big, or you're too striated, or you know you're too lean, or whereas then I got into CrossFit and started competing. What I loved about it was it was it's a rep or it's not a rep. You completed the deadlift all the way, or you didn't. Yes or no? You know, it was like no rep, rep, black or white, like objective, not subjective, and I didn't care. Like if you were ten pounds overweight, doesn't matter. Did you do the rep? Did you lift the weight? Did you complete the workout with, you know, 10 push-ups and 50 squats and whatever? Like, right. So when the focus was taken away from that aesthetics, I was able to take that pressure off of myself. Now, it took like a whole year. I remember that whole first year in CrossFit still going, hey, let me, do I got abs today? How am I looking? Whatever, like mentally every day looking at that. Like, oh, am I still looking lean? Am I looking striated? Do I have some muscles? To where after finally about a year, I... I it didn't it wasn't a focus at all I just didn't care it like I said this the drive was cool how much can I lift on my snatch today or oh how many pull-ups can I get in a row and that helped with the self-worth and and feeling good about myself because it's like cool I'm I'm strong I'm not just doesn't, doesn't matter what the heck I look like and anybody cares about like and so. becoming a mother Whew, that, changed, <laughs> that, that changed everything that changes everything that's yeah now it's like I don't even care. <laughs> Which is funny. I laugh because I'm like, all right, I like got my gym clothes on all the time, no makeup, put my hair in a ponytail or a hat, and I'm good. You know, like now it's but like. But in terms okay. of how, <laughs> in terms of how you learn to trust your body, pregnancy was a huge pregnancy? factor. Yeah, it was awesome. Like by then, I'd been a couple years in CrossFit and hadn't had an issue with with eating disorders, and I'd worried. A little bit, not not much, but the pregnancy being an issue with the whole body, like, oh my God, like, because I know women, many women suffer from that when they get pregnant, then it's like, oh my God, I'm putting on weight, I'm getting bigger, you, your body changes and you can't, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can't stop it, it's, but being able to work out, I worked out up until two days before I had my son, and being able to work out and still do the movements and lift barbells and at a scaled down version, but you know, in a safe way, but being able to move and feel like it was still my body, even though it was growing and changing and growing a human, it definitely helped, you know, and, and knowing like I'm growing a human and I'm, I'm getting bigger because I'm supporting this human and giving him the nourishment that he needs. And, you know, it becomes the purpose for something outside yourself or you know so you never had that argument in your head that you needed to get back in shape right after birth right we 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 see that in the magazines and it's so obnoxious to me lose the baby weight I'm like 
That's she crazy. just had a, a baby for crying out loud. Yeah, you know, I actually, it, it was almost like exciting that I could have the excuse of I just had a baby and just spend time with my baby and not have to work out. Um, and the, the rule of thumb, like what I read and what doctors say is like, you know, like start moving, you know, start with walking and, you know, some body weight stuff and your body will let you know, like you, you bleed, you have some bleeding as everything is healing and it can be two weeks for some women right. and then it could be right. five, six or seven or longer, you know, and it, I would like go on walks just gently and just like, but there was no pressure and I would do some stuff and I'd be like, Oh, okay, cool. My body's not ready yet. I'm going to wait. And you know, what I find amazing is that if you look back, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 years when my, my mother had me, my mother had three children. Yeah. Um, women, I don't know that they worried so much about the weight gain from pregnancies. They would have a child and then they would just trust their bodies to bounce right back to yeah. where they were before. They were so busy with, you know, the breastfeeding and the, and the, 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 the child care and everything else. It was a different lifestyle, obviously. Yeah. I think what really messes women up today is the fact that they worry so much and that as soon mm-hmm. as they have a baby, they're already thinking about dieting and, and, and working out and all this. And, and the amount of pressure they put on themselves um, probably has a lot to do with the fact that years go by and they start piling up. Well, so not too. probably. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And piling up more and more and more weight. Um, when really our bodies were designed to do yes. that. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, why don't we just let them do their own thing and, and stop it. and yeah. trust it and stop? I mean, it's easy for me to say that I never had children. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's not an option for me. So, but I've watched so many women have kids and just take the whole thing with, you know, um, with Zen and philosophy yeah. and just sit back and say, you know, I'm just going to let it happen. And those are usually the, the, the women whose bodies bounce right back and yeah. don't struggle with baby weight. So, Or even I've found like, you know, you have a kid and so you get with all these mamas now or clients that have babies. And um, I've had friends that had babies around the same time I did. And what I did find is a, the mindset that you're talking about of like, oh, I got to get back to my pre-baby weight can actually make your child suffer because if you're not taking in extra calories when you breastfeed they say generally you need about 300 to 600 extra calories a Mm -hmm. day um, to supply the milk that your baby needs well plenty of women that I've talked to had issues with producing enough milk right because they're battling that oh well I don't want to eat too much because I'm trying to lose this baby weight rather than like I'm hungry I need to feed you know eat more because I need to produce more milk so I, I know that's a, a struggle and then if you do that then oh I can't produce enough milk now I've got to put my child on formula and then you're losing that you know the natural progression like you're saying of a, your body getting back to normal with right right with the natural cycle of your your baby breastfeeds and it helps you lose the weight and put everything back into place and so, and then you get stressed from, oh, I can't provide for my baby and I have to do this. And, and now I've got this extra weight still. So I, I think that that mentality is, 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 is very damaging. It can be damaging for to sure. you and your child. For sure. So. Do you find that you attract 
more moms now in your clientele? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, and I love it, too, that I'm able to, like, speak to, to that, you know, the information and, and be helpful in that. Like, you know, because coming from the side of not ever having been there, you know, I can I can read about of stuff. Course. But, yeah. you know, being able to be like, okay, well, this is what I did and this is what helped me. And, like, it's awesome. It's it's good. And, I'm, you know, like, the main motivation is like, okay, we want, once you have a child, it's like, okay healthy offspring, everything for this child. So what do I got to do? Well, you got to take care of mom too. You know, I got, so it's like helping those moms like, okay, get, take care of you. And then you'll be able to take care of your baby. So, so did that, did that kind of motivate you to come up with maybe some kind of program or, um, for mothers maybe, but that, that includes the whole emotional and psychological aspect of it. That's not only focused on the body, the body, the body and working out like, would you maybe consider, I don't know, starting a group or something where where you you'd spare ten or fifteen minutes at the end of the group to talk to them yeah. about being kind to their bodies and being patient and trusting their bodies and maybe share a little bit of your your story? Yeah, I mean that's a great idea. I've been uh, getting more stuff out like social media is like my thing with Instagram. That's where I've been sharing stuff and I've been trying to share more like personal stories with the mom stuff and then every time like moms are pregnant I like make sure I try to talk to them Mm -hmm. or you know when they've had their babies but I'm I'm definitely open to sharing I think it's very needed very very needed I like I said I I well I you know I wasn't blessed with motherhood it was not in the cards for me but um I have I have moms reaching out and what I'm I'm hearing a lot in their voice uh, is the isolation they feel very very yeah. very isolated especially if they're, if it's their first child there's this sense of everybody is deserting me like my girlfriends can't relate because they don't have kids yeah. I'm panicking I have no idea what's going to happen to me um, oftentimes I've had a few I've had a few new mothers um, contact me because you know they were having body issue body image issues before the pregnancy but now imagine that and they're concerned they don't want to be dieting they're concerned about how it's going to affect the baby so that's usually when they request to have a call with me but i know for a fact there's a huge need for that there there's a need for someone who uh would be able to guide them through uh, you know yeah, who would maybe start a group like that and, yeah. and say, let's idea. talk about that. And, and I'm here for you. And I'm a mom. And I've, I've gone through everything you've gone through. Yeah. And I struggle with the exact same things. And, um, and, I, and I, I, I understand exactly yeah. um, what's really going on in your like head. You have to get to that point of like loving yourself and being like patient with your body. So it yeah. does the thing, yeah. you know, so you're supporting your child and know that, like, like I said, that's the focus is, is your healthy child and being yourself healthy so that you can provide for that child and and it my son is 13 months old and I was just saying this the other day like I'm just now feeling I used to compete in uh you know figure competitions but then CrossFit I was a pretty legit competitor so high level up there good shape and I'm just now feeling like I'm back to my old self where I'm like oh cool you know like still stuff some things off and I'm not lifting as heavy as I used to and not doing some movements but feeling good like looked great you know everybody's like oh you look great you lost all your baby you know like you didn't I don't think you gained anything but it's also just feeling in like yourself again when you go to the gym and work out and do things and 
uh, feeling balanced and feeling strong and um, it, it takes a while but it, I've had to be patient and had to when I step into the gym just really listen to my body and be like oh that's not feeling it today or uh, actually I go to the gym with my my son he comes with me and so some days it's like He's not, he's not hanging quiet in his little carrier or his stroller, so I'll modify the workout and be like, okay, we're going to do, do a little run today, and the workout doesn't call for a run. That's great. Let's go for a run. That's and great. We'll, we'll come in and do the strength buff. See, portion. I mean, that, that, I think that would be amazing. And, and um, yeah. so when do you think you'll be starting your, your groups for mothers any, anytime soon? or Hopefully in the next couple months. In, okay, so... <laughs> Um, if women want to follow you on social media, where can we find you? Uh, my Instagram handle is Meganator26. Meganator. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Meganator26 yeah. on Instagram. Okay, so that's yeah. where we can find you. So that's they can start place. following you, and yep. that's how they keep up to date with uh, what you have going on. And hopefully within the next couple of months, yeah. you should have some cool stuff going on for, for mothers, for moms. And feel free to DM me about any questions, mom stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I'm all about awesome. answering and helping out. So Great. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Thanks so much for yeah. joining me and <laughs> for all this uh, super valuable information. Um, very much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. <laughs> and I will be back next Monday with some more good stuff for everyone. Thank you for listening.